0: Where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm Troy and I'm James. How are you today? Uh warm.
1: This episode is going out mid November, but I am sweltering in yeah. the in the in the late summer heat. It's a good episode we got.
0: It is, yeah. We're talking about uh, Season 6, Episode 8, Bidding on the Boys. This aired on November the 19th, 1987. Uh, It was directed by Thomas LaFaro. It was written by David Lloyd. That it was, indeed. Where should we start in, uh, I guess, the Cold Open? The cold open, as always, cold open starts with Carla talking about uh, the removal of her varicose veins as Woody's tucking into a nice, well, I say nice, it looked pretty plastic, a bowl of spaghetti bolognese. Um, but even her, her graphic explanation of what they do to remove those veins uh, doesn't phase him. However, Dr. Crane reading his newspaper at the bar puts him off his food with what? Is a fairly normal sounding uh, newspaper headline, which I didn't quite make out. Something to do with postcoital something,
1: tristesse, which just means sadness.
0: So <laughs> there we go. That was enough to put him off his bolognese.
1: Yeah, the the sadness after sex <laughs> made put <Woody laughs> off his food. Do
0: you like spaghetti bolognese?
1: Oh, good. Dude, that's where you were going. Yes. Uh, sp- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I do like spaghetti bolognese. I made a big old pasta bake. Yesterday, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll put this in the fridge. Save it. Save it for tomorrow." Didn't have a didn't have a Tupperware big enough. No, no.
0: <laughs> How much did you make? Oh, about <laughs> half a kilo. Half a the- kilo. Brilliant. Just divide it up <laughs> and just ration yourself with it over the next month or so. I don't you, know.
1: You just. Just see me, just sweating. Going, what's wrong?
0: It's it's thirty degrees out, and I had half a kilo of pasta and cheese. <laughs> All I've got is bolognese, pasta and cheese. In fairness, whenever I make bolognese or a chili or something similar to that, I always end up making way too much. Way right I'm fairly certain, there's a ziploc bag in the freezer that's been in there about six months, it could be a bolognese, it could be a stew. I don't know. Mysterious
1: meat at this point.
0: It, yeah, it, it just it winks at me every time I go in the freezer. I don't know what it is. There is no Bolognese. only Zur. <laughs> it's yeah, I think it's become sentient. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, that was a cold open. The main episode opens up with the record coming in saying that they're having an auction. Well hey! Well hey. Love an auction. Love a, a raffle? An auction? All that sort of stuff.
1: This is a saucy auction though.
0: It is a saucy auction. It's a, it's a bachelor's auction, if you Ooh. like. And and when Woody's questioned about kind of how many people know about it, if the word's been spread. Uh, he says everyone in town knows about it, uh, seemingly except those in the bar, <laughs> Cliff and Norm, who have no idea that it's going on. You ever been to one of these charity auctions? Nah. As what, a, a bidder or a, or a bachelor? Or, or a... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I've given the option. I've been there, as an, I've been to one as neither. Nah. I've been to an auction before. yeah but not for a person, not for their services. Uncouth, isn't it? Uncouth. <laughs> I imagine it could be quite fun. It's for charity. It's for cha- Exactly, it's for charity. I mean, in fairness, if I wanted to go to one, I wouldn't have the first clue where to look. It's not the sort of thing I put into a Google search engine. No, nah, it's... <laughs> it's... It's quite a niche thing to look up. On Craigslist or... Craigslist. <laughs> but I do love a good auction. Love auctions. I never get how the guys running the bidding and like speak so fast, and how anyone in the crowd ever understands what they're saying either.
1: You got a 30, 40, 50, 70, uh. Yeah,
0: it's just, uh, it's like, it's the equivalent of like leaning forearm first onto a keyboard. It's just like, yeah, words and letters <laughs> and numbers. And I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> it's, it's an auction for bachelors, a charity auction for bachelors that Rebecca's running. There's quite the uh, the target for them to hit, which becomes apparent later on when they're trying to reach that. And Sam protests that he doesn't want to be part. Not of it not going to be in your auction, Rebecca. Not going to be in your auction, Rebecca. I want I want nothing to do with it. None of this CD bidding nonsense. I love none of it. <laughs> or does he want to be part of it? It's a bluff, double bluff, it's a double bluff. It's a double bluff, which he he calls her out on at one point. He says he doesn't understand why she hasn't asked him to be in it. And he feels put out by it. Even though he doesn't want to be in it, he's offended that he hasn't been asked to be in it. But then does he not just say, fine, I'll do it anyway?
1: <laughs> he's a confusing fellow, is Sam. He is. He's a confusing fellow, a contradictory fellow. He's a, he's a shallow fellow. He's an insecure fellow. <laughs>
0: he's, he's a lot of things. <laughs> Rebecca says, I'm only doing it for charity. Uh, And Norm says, oh, Vera has that etched on the headboard at home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, oh, oh dear. You do question when you hear about Vera and some of the stuff she says or does, like, why why are you still with her again? Or rather, even why is she with him? Well, yes, it's a a complicated thing. It's a very kind
1: of, uh, it comes from, you know, the honeymooners thing, though. With the honeymooners, there was obviously the whole threat of domestic violence. You know, one of these days, Doris, bang, mm. zoom. Yeah, yeah. In the 80s, they moved on from that a bit, but you still had your Norm Petersons and your Al Bundys who were just like pff, women.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very much stuck in the past. <laughs> After this, we get Dr. Lilith and Dr. Crane. Coming into the bar, and he tells Cliff and Norm that he'll be leaving soon and he's going on to married life and that he's going to have to essentially sort of split up the boys club, but they really don't seem bothered at all. Oh, uh, yeah, Frasier, you're
1: one of one of the
0: boys, yeah. It's fine. L- life will go on. Don't worry about it. Dr. Crane and the boys sounds like some kind of progressive funk band. <laughs> Dr. Crane and the boys sounds like a band I would pay good money to go and see. With their hits to go post-coital tristesse. <laughs> Ah, No, no, that's the difficult second album. (laughs) (laughs) Frazier comes in, like, in real good spirits, really high in spirits, and wants a bottle of champagne to kind of celebrate the occasion that they're sort of moving on into their next phase of their relationship and life and stuff. And Carla delivers the bottle of champagne, certainly comes across that she's not really the biggest fan of her. What I like about Lilith and Carla's, I wouldn't say
1: friendship, but what I like about both of them is that They're so different in terms of cultural upbringing and social circles, but they're both really salty.
0: Yeah, they're both very hard-nosed, they're both very salty. So whilst they're they're leagues apart from each other in terms of upbringing, there's that one commonality that they're salty as hell. (laughs) It's a strong feature.
1: Uh, Yeah, and they both work it well. They do, they do.
0: It turns out that Fraser uh, has already started planning their, their wedding bits and pieces and drops in that he's also looking into their prenuptial agreement, uh, which obviously she's fuming about. we got to get the wedding license, uh, have blood tests, see the lawyer draw up the prenuptial agreement, invite the guests. Excuse me. On-
1: <laughs> what prenuptial agreement? Well, wherein we decide what you are or are not entitled to in the event of a divorce. It's merely a safeguard. You're already planning for the divorce? Have you selected my cemetery plot also? It's
0: never a good time to bring up a prenup. Ne- yeah, there is never a good time. Oh, I don't know. That's not a bridge I've had to cross yet. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't take it well. Um, no.
0: And she angrily just walks away just into into yonder. Yeah, she doesn't want to be out of that at all. As she leaves, she tells him to make love to his accountant which Norm hears and says, if everyone took that same attitude, then the world would be a better place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's a desperate man, is Norm?
0: He is. Does it come across?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I think Norm is Fraser's accountant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that opens up something else then. (laughs) Back to the kind of the, the central story of this episode about the auction and about Sam's unwillingness to be a part of it, but sadness that he hasn't been asked. He says that he thinks Rebecca's using uh reverse psychology. Sam then decides to actually just enter himself. So it's fine. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll enter myself, which I alluded to earlier on.
1: And he thinks he'll make quite a catch, you know, former baseball pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. He thinks he's he's God's gift. God's gift to women. Yeah. Or or or, or the term which he referred to himself in the pilot episode magnificent pagan beast. But- <laughs>
0: magnificent pagan beast what would you come up with to sell yourself in an auction oh i this is a i think it would be something like norse delicacy norse (laughs) delicacy (laughs) it's like the tagline you'd see on a menu in a restaurant (laughs) which is fine because as we all know you're a lover of food so i am perfect Uh, perfect
1: those who have Heard my accent, and who have met me, I'm an international man of mystery. I'm I'm difficult to pin down. And <laughs> a riddle wrapped in an enigma. A riddle wrapped in an enigma with a sp- <laughs> with a sprinkling of confusion.
0: <laughs> sold?
1: <laughs> what, what would what would be
0: your uh, tagline? Oh, spiced latte of love <laughs> Ava- available for Maui and Aquaman impressions. <laughs> there we go smooth smooth and brown like a latte but of a hint of spice (laughs) there you go put me on an auction (laughs) speaking of the auction later in the evening we get the auction in full swing Cliff says that he prefers to get his women the old fashioned way to which Kara asks is that in a plain brown wrapper not too sure what she meant by that but yeah
1: (laughs) yeah some pornographic magazines
0: Right. It took me a week to get that joke. <laughs> what was what was that noise? Oh, that that was the penny dropping. Right, I get it now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> There's still clearly tensions between Fraser and Lilith on their based on their earlier argument of the of the prenuptial agreement and Fraser's bellowing insults across the bar, one of which is a pig headed witch. Ooh. Which was yes, that's the woman you're about to marry and you're you're chucking those sort of insults across the bar at her. The
1: Charles Brothers once said, and I thought this response was, was brilliant, and it reminds me of a, I think it's a Chris Rock routine, where people complained about the Sam and Diane relationship, and they went, mm. it's not a very inspirational or motivational relationship, but they just went, it's not supposed to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we never said they were a good couple. Calm down. <laughs> Trying to act like they are definitely not. They don't know that like they are. <laughs> Back to the auction. Rebecca says that they are still two thousand dollars off, and Sam's next. Gonna rake in the big guns. Raking the big guns. I mean, he says he might even have to comb his hair. Sort of brushes it off like two thousand. Don't worry about it. Oh, <sighs> a me- measly two grand. I'm <sighs> worth more than that. Don't worry about it. You have to brush my hair for this. I'm 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 Mayday Malone coming in to save the. <laughs> Coming in, third base. She doesn't think that they can make it. Rebecca doesn't think they can make it and says that they need someone else. Because to Rebecca, Sam would earn tuppence. Tuppence, threepenny bits, shillings, chocolate coins, nada, nothing. One of those uh, little
1: silver dollars that, that you put into fake one arm bandits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she says that they need someone else. Cliff puts himself forward to enter, but Rebecca puts him off. all right, all right. All right. <laughs> M- Mr. Clavin, that is a really sweet gesture. But, um, uh, isn't there some regulation against, uh, uh, government employees in uniform participating in this kind of a thing? Oh,
1: that is a very salient point, and one which I uh, came within a hair of overlooking. I thank you. I, I shouldn't
0: have thought what might have happened. We all do. So she instead asked Woody. And Woody, of course. Woody's a catch. Woody's a catch because Woody's a lovely, lovely chap. Young, supple countryman. <laughs> young young buck, Woody. So he puts himself up there. He gets straight up there, gets gets among it, doesn't he? He's nervous at first, but you tell what, he's a smooth talker. Oh, it's smooth. Yeah. yeah. Velvet tongued. And he goes on to say about his uh, wild cook, what his special ingredient is. Ooh, is it love? Uh, is it... <laughs> I happen to be a very
1: good chef, and your evening with me will be a wonderful home-cooked country meal with all the fixings from my native land, Indiana. (laughs) And let me just mention my special ingredient,
0: pork. (laughs) And please remember, this is for charity. It falls deaf on uh, the prospective bidders. However, once the bids start coming in, they come in thick and fast. Like a pork is what I was gonna say. Like a like a pork race, like a pig race. Yeah, that, that, that's how it works. Yeah, that's it. Like like pigs trying to find truffles, it's chaos. It's all over the place. There you go. But there's a lady at the bar, a lady in red, a chain smoking lady in red, a mysterious looking character.
1: It's Christopher Burr wrote a song about her, yeah?
0: He did. Yeah, he did. What a song it is. But she is seems to be outbidding everyone. So as soon as the bid comes in, she's up in it. Another one comes in, she's up in it. And she is determined to get Woody. The best way I can describe her is like a chain-smoking Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, I'll go with that. So those bids fly in. She eventually wins with a bid of $400, but not too shabby at all. But they still need $1,600 to make it though, don't they? And Sam, Big Sam. Big Sammy Malone. Big Sammy Malone. Sammy the Salmon. Ted dancing his way up to stage. <laughs> the bids come flying in because the ladies know he is just as much of a catch, if not more than Woody. And so the bids go up and then it goes quiet. It goes stagnant. And Rebecca gets worried. This is where, uh, yeah, because Carla said, you just have to coax the betting. Ooh. So when
1: it's gone quiet, you just shout a bet because people will, people will want to buy. So you just Fear need not. to- Fear
0: not. Carla's mm. got a plan. So she chucks it in. She chucks a bid in. And that raises everyone else to keep throwing their bids in again. It happens again and she does it. Rebecca's unsure. Rebecca puts a bit in. Ooh, it's a big bid. That's the ooh. Rebecca comes in with, with a bit of, of, of $1,250. That's that's a sizable amount. In in the hope to boost everyone else, but no one else does. It's eerily silent. It's yeah, everyone's out of money. That's it. They've they've spent it's the end of the night. There's no more cash in those wallets. From the back, row <laughs> From way downtown. Lilith comes in. It's the wicked witch of the West, Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> we forget she's there. She's obviously got her ongoing issues with, uh, da, 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 da. with Dr. Crane. <laughs> she flies in from the back like a wild John Cena. Launches in with a bid of $2,000. Ooh. To smash it, to outbid Rebecca, and to take Sam home for the evening. Everyone's shocked. Mm. Rebecca, Carla, Sam, Fraser. Everyone,
1: they're shooketh. But except Lilith, she's spent her money and, and wants a taste of the
0: Sam. It's money well spent in her opinion. It was wants a slice of Sammy steak. <laughs> she wants some, some Malone loaf. <laughs> Should we talk
1: about the cast? Because most of the cast were in that scene. Mm, they were, yeah. We've, of course, got B.B. Neuwirth as Dr. Lilith Sternin, Sharon Barr as Connie. She's also appeared in Simon and Simon, Sight Elsewhere, Days of Our Lives, Night Court, Hill Street Blues, Max Headroom, Wings, Full House, and many others. This is, of course, the elder woman who bids on Woody. I say elder. What would you say? F- 40s? Early 50s, maybe? Uh eh mid-40s
0: maybe yeah yeah
1: and then we've got gary beach as the mc he also appeared in saved by the bell murder she wrote sisters the john laraquette show the jamie fox show the u.s version of queer as folk and many others alan Coss as alan sean gibson as an auction bidder this was her only film a tv role but i think she nailed it she did yeah, yeah. Ellie Gurelnick as auction bidder. She also appeared in Simon & Simon, The Natural History of Parking Lots. That
0: sounds
1: riveting. And apparently played herself as the manager of Ghosts Are Us in the TV miniseries documentary Haunted Lives, True Ghost Stories. I don't know much about Ellie but she's got her repertoire is amazing that's quite the list isn't it Terry Hanauer as an auction bidder she also appeared in Chips the Greatest American Hero, Knot's Landing, Family Ties, Heartbeat, Matlock, Baywatch, Midnight Caller, Quantum Leap, Seinfeld, Night Court, LA Law, ER, Chicago Hope, Six Feet Under, NYPD Blue and many more Terry Hoyos as auction bidder, she also appeared in Hill Street Blues, Hunter, The Tortellis, Married With Children, ER, Almost Perfect, Diagnosis Murder, George and Leo, Dameron and Greg, NYPD Booze, Six Feet Under, Everybody Hates Chris, Parks and Recreation, Modern Family, 911 and many others. Roxanne Mayweather as an auction bidder, she also appeared in Crimes of Passion, Cagney and Lacey, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child and The Lackawanna Blues. She also worked in the VFX department for the Philadelphia Experiment and Critters. Carolyn Pemberton Hoover as auction bidder. This was her first film and TV role, but she also appeared in Wings, Third Rock from the Sun, Diagnosis Murder, and others. Mae Quigley as auction bidder. She also appeared in The Tortellis, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, *Nuts Landing, The Golden Girls, Roseanne Creed, and many others. There were a lot of auction bidders there, but we know Lilith won.
0: There's only one of her that stuck out to, well, say stuck out to her. more so based on what she did afterwards. Uh, Sid Stripmatter, who also featured in X-Files, Nip Tuck, Monk, NCIS, CSI, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. She was a voice in L.A. Noir, The Computer Game. She was in True Blood, American Horror Story, Bones, Get Shorty. She was also in The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And she played. Just one of the auction bidders. Despite Sam's protests, he has to
1: take Lilith to the Cape. But he tells Frasier, Don't worry, Frasier, I'm just going to take her there. We're just going to go to the Cape. We'll just talk. Nothing will happen. Lilith has other plans.
0: She does. Before that, though, Carla reminds Rebecca of the bet that she made earlier. That if Sam helped them to reach their target, then she'd get his name tattooed on her. Sam protests a little bit that he doesn't want to go to the cape when he realizes who it is that's won the bid. Crane pleads with Sam not to go through with it, but Sam thinks he can use this as a chance to bring them back together. Woody also asks for a bit of last minute advice on his date. Norm tells him that he should probably leave a trail of breadcrumbs. Because she's a witch. Because she's, yeah, (laughs) practicing the dark arts. And Woody's
1: a naive child, like Hansel or Gretel.
0: So yeah, at the Cape, at the lodge, Lilith wants to stir things up. She's she's a seductive psychiatrist. She is, yeah. And Sam is at every turn desperately trying to convince the- Frasier is a good man. Interestingly, this locale is the same place that
1: Sam and Diane went to in the second episode of season five. It is.
0: Love those facts. Mmm. What's that tasty? It's a fact, is what that is. It's a factoid of the snacky variety. Nom. Nom. That's right. <laughs> they eventually end up kissing quite passionately. And as that happens, Fraser bursts in the door. This is after a little bit of, what was it called in school? Kiss Chase or Sit Down Lilith? Drink your wine. Drink, you, drink, drink your wine. It's time to go. Here's your handbag. Let's get going. She steals his car keys, doesn't she? She steals his car keys and
1: uh, pockets them in her bra, is the most appropriate way I could think of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then does a little dance to go, ha ha, Sam, I've got
0: your keys. <laughs> this is seeing Lilith in a completely new light, though. Yeah. Well, as we said earlier, she's kind of quite sort of salty, quite hard nosed. And this is her kind of bit edgy. Loosening up a bit. That she got him, you know. Sam was like, No, no, I don't
1: I don't want anything, I won't dance with you. And then she, I don't know, bends over or something and Sam goes, eh.
0: Maybe. Could could dance. Could probably dance a little bit. It escalates fairly quickly. Sam's tried to straight off. Straight off. No messing about. And then the, the door opens. Fraser bursts in. But actually, Lilith knew that he'd come all along. Because it's the yin to her yang. And it was it was all part of a test, all part of an experiment. But also she knew he'd come because she could hear the muffler in his car following them the whole journey there. I don't think anyone wins in this episode. (laughs) Although Crane was meant to be there, I think nine o'clock, which is what time Sam asked him to be there. You can see on a few occasions, Sam checking his watch, seeing that he wasn't there. And then it turns out that that, uh, Fraser was late because he went to the wrong room. Because he went to the wrong room, they're now having breakfast with the couple in that room, and he's paying for it. I mean, I don't know if that room was locked, but Frasier could have walked in on... Anything. 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 Woody? <laughs> Woody. <Would he? laughs> <Would he? laughs> it does end nicely, though. They, they agree that put all that silliness behind them, and uh, they are right for each other. There's a lovely exchange
1: where they talk about uh, Lilith being the perfect woman.
0: Why, Lilith? Why?
1: Because I was angry about that prenuptial agreement. And hurt but I'm, I'm sorry. I ever brought that up in the first place. It's just that I've seen so many failed marriages I just wanted some insurance I guess Of course, I I forgot I'm marrying the perfect woman Don't forget
0: that Fraser And
1: I certainly didn't mean to hurt you with Sam they're made for each other, aren't they? Oh, they're equally as conniving. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> say so You need to have that equal balance in a relationship. If one of you is doing the practical jokes and insults, it's not It's not fair. No.
0: No, no. It's got to be an equal balance now. You've got to give as good as you get. And then uh, they
1: kiss passionately, and Sam has to return, because Lilith still has his <laughs> keys.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd almost forgotten about that.
1: <laughs> and he does a little thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. As usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. Should I go first? I've got a couple of trivia here. Yeah. Rebecca has gone to a previous bachelor auction, but who did she bid on? Or what's a little description of the guy that she bid on?
0: Uh, Wasn't he like an American football player or something?
1: Yeah, a hairy linebacker.
0: That was a heavy up. Sons of eight. What was Woody's special ingredient? It was uh it was pork. That's correct. Pork has a has a
1: different meaning. It's a verb. It is a verb.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. So Rebecca said if Sam raked in more than sixteen hundred dollars, she'd get his name tattooed on her rear end. But what tattoo parlour does Carla recommend for this tattoo? It's something which has an unpleasantly
1: ironic name. Isn't it? <laughs> like, it's going to be like Harry's hygienic tattoo or something like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not far off. I'd, I'll give you half a point for that. Yeah. It's Larry's sanitary tattoo. Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Half a point.
1: When Sam and Lilith are in the Cape, Lilith mentions a particular book. Do you know what book she mentions? Oh, I'm going to have to pass on that. I don't know it. Uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh, okay. uh, Which was published in 1928 and written by D.H. Lawrence. It is about a working class man who begins an affair with a young married woman. This book was banned for its, at the time, obscene description of the physical nature of their relationship and wow. it's a use of unprintable four-letter words. <laughs> and this is, I think, Writers of the Cheers were very intelligent because Lilith asks, have you ever read Lady Chatterley's Lover? And he replies, I've read parts of it. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. Those parts which, you know, redacted. <laughs> and I thought that was a nice connection because that's similar to what Sam and Lilith are. A lot of ways. Sam, yeah, arguably from a working class background. Mm-hmm. That's the last call, which means
0: uh, what we'll do is a, a special. Either drink a uh, pork. Is that a special? No, it's really not. I can't think of anything worse. Just a bit of pig in it. <laughs> Just, I mean, pork scratchings or a pub snack. Can't think of a drink that would go with it. <laughs> I think.
1: How about a nice uh, bump roast? Funny, because it's, you know, it's a pig dish, it's a pork dish, right? but it's, it's a bit saucy as well. Right. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. I <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to say the word rump. <laughs>
0: uh, just wanted to shoehorn that in if, today.
1: If, if you wanted to look at our wide array of house specials, though, do check out our Patreon, where we've got plenty of newsletters with a wide array of specials, including a cocktail my, made by our very own Troy. That's right. It's flavorful. it's tropical. All good things. Much like myself. Much. <laughs> 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 On that note, what is there to say? But uh, thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast.